Well, hey there, everyone. My name's Brady. Welcome to Transformation Church, and thanks for being here this weekend. We're continuing our Nehemiah series, but before we get into the sermon, we'd like to take a few minutes and tell you about some things coming up for you and your family around Transformation Church. So check this out. Today starts a new semester of our Growth Track classes. Growth Track is a series of classes designed to introduce you to the ministry of Transformation Church, guide you through the essential beliefs every Christian needs to know, help you get connected to the church through membership, and realize what makes you so unique through serving. And there's still time to sign up, and you can do so by going to tc.live slash growth track. Everything has a starting point. Your life, your relationships, your education, your career. And sometimes we forget that faith has a starting point as well. Whether you're new to faith, curious about God, or coming back to church after some time away, our starting point classes are a place where your opinions and beliefs are valued and no question is off limits. Sign up for Starting Point beginning Tuesday, October 4th. First Wednesday is here on Wednesday, October 5th at 7 p.m. We'll be meeting together for a night of prayer and worship. Come on out and invite your friends to be a part of this time of worship. We can't wait to see you there. Monday, October 31st is Trunk or Treat, and we'd love for you to get involved. We're collecting candy donations all through the week, and we're looking for Transformers to host trunks. You can visit the tent outside and go to tc.live slash trunk or treat for more information on ways to get involved. We can't wait to see you there. Once again, we'd like to thank you all for being here today and tuning in online this weekend. If you have questions about anything you've heard today or just want to find out more about the church, be sure to connect with us at tc.live via our TC app and or sign up for our weekly email newsletter to stay up to date with everything happening here. We hope you have a great day and an awesome week. Today I want to talk to you about defeating Discouragement. You ever been discouraged? You ever face discouragement? Discouragement usually sets in when something we've hoped for doesn't turn out the way we anticipated. Discouragement sets in sometimes when we become disappointed. Discouragement sets in when we take steps to rebuild something in our life. And we face opposition, and sometimes it feels overwhelming. It feels like you ever said this, I take one step forward and two steps backwards. Have you ever said that before? Have you said that recently? It just feels like the more I progress, the more opposition I face, the more struggle I have. And boy, what's the use? Why should I continue? Why should I continue? Why should I bother trying to fix my life? Why should I bother trying to to, to live a sober life? Why should I try? Because every time I try, I fail. Or every time I try to do what God wants me to do, it just seems like things don't work out the way I hope for. You haven't been there. You ever been discouraged? Or is it just me? You ever been discouraged with life when things don't go your way? trying to rebuild your business, trying to rebuild a career, hoping to get that job, and you didn't get the job, hoping to get that house, you didn't get the house, hoping to get married, and the person walks out on you, hoping to go to the doctor and get that positive report, like, you know what, you're in remission, or things are going better, and then things don't. What usually sets in is discouragement. 
Maybe you're trying to work on your marriage and he had two amazing weeks and things were going great and you were in love and you were falling in love and then you had that one fight that just set everything off. You haven't been there and you're like, what's the use? I'm discouraged. Well, I just want to encourage you today and help you understand why we get discouraged and how to defeat discouragement because this is the thing about discouragement. Discouragement will often step in when you're making progress. Y'all with me today? The louder you are, the better I preach. That's how I work. I just want to tell you, I mean, I've tried to be the quiet pastor, like, you know, just be like, all, oh, you know, quiet, but the louder you are, the better I am. How's that sound? Good? All right. Let's start again. Whew. Let me just bring this point to you. Okay, because defeating discouragement. All right. Discouragement often step in when you're making progress. When you're making progress in your life, that's, those are the moments in your life that you will experience discouragement and sometimes despair. Discouragement will step in and it doesn't matter how spiritual you are or how much you pray or how strong you think you are. You will experience discouragement, especially when you begin to rebuild. The reason why you experience discouragement is because you care. It's because you're trying. It's because you're believing. It's because you're trusting. It's because you have a vision for your life. It's because you believe God has a future for you. It's because you believe God has greater. It's because you believe God has more. It's because you believe you're believing, you're trusting, you're walking by faith and not by sight. That's why you experience discouragement. You wouldn't be discouraged if you don't if you didn't care. I promise I wasn't gonna yell this service. I said last week I yelled, I yelled too much. I don't want to yell at the people, but I feel it in my bones. I feel it in this room. I feel God wanting to encourage you today because discouragement is normal. Is that okay? And this is the thing about discouragement, so simple, so simple of a point. You can either fight and defeat discouragement, or you can allow discouragement to defeat you. Because there is power in discouragement. And I was thinking about this sermon. I was thinking about discouragement. And I was thinking about the process of us rebuilding this church when we came in 2009. And we made some great progress in 2009 and 2010 and 11. And then 2012 came and we hit a huge moment of discouragement. And you probably did too when Hurricane Sandy came our way. By the way, our hearts and prayers and thoughts go out to family and friends and transformers who might be watching who live in Florida we love you. We're praying for you. Um, we're just praying that you are able to rebuild if you've lost anything. Hurricane Sandy came and hit New York. Y'all remember Hurricane Sandy? And, you know, us New Yorkers, we're not used to hurricanes. They come and go. They say hurricane and like a chair falls over. We're like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to believe the news hunker down and the big hurricane's coming and it's just like, whoop. But this one was real. And what happened, we were living here in, um, we were living here nearby and our basement flooded. We were storing our stuff there 
as we were transitioning to purchasing a house in the next window a few years and I can remember going down the steps of the house and all my whole our whole life pictures everything was destroyed and I just it was just so upset because of everything we lost and then I come to the church to check it out and we had rebuilt the classrooms we had done started doing the cafe and we were rebuilding and the entire lower level was flooded all the way into the room here. Flooded. Six inches of water destroyed everything. And I can remember the overwhelming feeling I had. I was already tired of, I was tired. I was exhausted from the three years, two, three years we were putting into rebuilding. Because when we first came here, everything had to be redone. This was a gem. This wasn't, well, it used to be a church, then they ripped it out, the pews out, then they put hoops up, and then it just became a, a room where people put everything. And then the cafe was a fellowship hall, had paneling, and the lawn, there wasn't even grass around the building. There wasn't even grass. And I can remember the first thing I did was plant grass, because I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, new life is going to come forward. And the very first thing, like the first week, we're planting grass. <laughs> like, we, we need to have grass. So we planted grass and all by volunteers. There was like 80 people here. We had no staff. There was nobody. It was just us. And we believed, though. But, but we believed. We believed in a vision. We believed that God had more. It wasn't about how much we are going to get paid. It was just about how much we were going to give of ourselves and make ourselves available to do what God is calling us to do in this church. And we were rebuilding. A church came from Long Island, a mission team, and helped redo all the classrooms. We gutted them. It was horrible. We just took out the old cabinets. There was stuff in there from like 40 years. And a church came and did the bathrooms, the, the, the tiles, and they did it all. And right after that, we got hit with Sandy. You talk about discouragement. It was discouraging. It was disappointing. And in those moments of discouragement, you always ask the question, what? God, why? <laughs> like, why am I going through this? Why am I experiencing this? Why am I going through all this pain? And I remember when we were trying to purchase a house in 2014, was it? 13 and 14, right after that, 2013 and 14, trying to purchase a house. And I can remember being turned down and turned down and turned down and turned down. We must have saw, no exaggeration, 40 houses, put in bids for three, turned down, turned down, turned down. And every time you get turned down, what do you get? Discouraged, right? Discouraged. Discouragement sets in. God, did you really call me here? And... I can tell you one thing, these past two years, <laughs> these past two years have topped them all, all the years of, the, of that we were here, these past two years. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to discourage you because you all discourage and you think the pastor's the only one encouraged, <laughs> but I just need to show my humanity just for a moment. Is that Okay. Just to let you know that pastors do get discouraged, it's true. In these past two years, man, you see, because there's no greater passion for me than to see people 
being led into a transforming relationship with Jesus. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here, right? That's why we're here. And when I don't see people in that transforming process, my heart breaks. I'm not trying to build a crowd. I'm trying to build a church. I'm trying to build people. And when you see the struggle people have, it's hard because you want to be, you want to be the fix-it guy. You want to fix everybody. I wish I could fix everybody, but I can't. And it gets discouraging sometimes. Um, and it's not to say that God is not doing new things and great things. He is. He always is. But we have to really understand that discouragement can be a dangerous thing if we don't first recognize it for the attack that it often is. Discouragement is an attack to paralyze you. And every, every moment and every season in which I experienced discouragement was the temptation to quit. Have you ever been there? The devil loves making people quit. He loves to discourage us so much that, 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 that he'll keep you discouraged until you quit. You know, there's, there's this book, old book, 1975. I came across it in my, my studying for today. It's, called, it's, John, it's, it's by John Lawrence, and it's called Down to Earth. And in this book, it tells a story about the day Satan decided to sell his tools. Okay? I have to read it because it's pretty detailed. It says, the shoppers were thrilled to get a look at the usual suspects, such as hatred, jealousy, and pride. The tool Satan uses, right? But over to the side, there was one tool that seemed to be out of place. It was well-worn and didn't look like anything special, but it was priced much higher than the other tools. The name of that tool, asked the shopper, was discouragement, replied the adversary. And why is it priced so high? And this is what the adversary said, because it, it is more useful to me than the others. I can pry open and get inside a person's heart with that one tool of discouragement when I cannot get near him with other tools. Because once I get inside with discouragement, I can make him do whatever I choose. See how worn out it is? That's because I use it more than any other tool. I use it on everyone because very few people know it belongs to me. Come on, somebody. We don't often associate discouragement with attack, especially satanic attack. But we have to understand that we're in a fight. When we choose to make progress, when we choose to rebuild, we will get discouraged with our lives and with our situations and with, our, with what's going on in our world. So how do you know that you're struggling with discouragement? A few things real quick. First of all, you will have a persistent sadness. You will have this sense of hopelessness. You lose pleasure in activities. You, you become irritable, maybe a little cranky. Just describing myself, that's all. Constant tiredness and fatigue, just exhausted. Because you're fighting discouragement. 
You become critical of others. You do. You start blaming other people around you for your circumstances. You definitely have feelings desiring to quit and last the extreme situations or circumstances. You just, your thoughts of death or suicide or maybe escape. That's how you know you're struggling with discouragement. It's like a, a, a cloud. It's like a weight. It's like a, a, a heaviness that rests on you. And you just, it's like, I love, remember Pastor Tommy with frames? I don't know if you remember, a, few, a couple months ago he came with frames, you know. The, it was all awesome. And that's what happens with discouragement. You, you, you take off the, the, the frames of encouragement and you put on the frames of discouragement. And you see everything through the lens of discouragement. You see the cup half empty. You see the lack of progress. You see how many people have left rather than how many people have come. I'll get to that in a minute, but I'm just getting there, just kind of help you. you. You see, you don't see how far you've come. You see how far you need to go. You don't see that you're making progress, but you just look at the progress that needs to be made. And then you just get, you just want to give up. You want to quit. You want to throw in a towel. And that's when the enemy comes and throws those discouragement darts. I call them thought darts right into, and he doesn't stop. Why, why do we get discouraged? Well, because we're fatigued. We're frustrated. We're, we failed at something. We failed. We're fearful. We're flooded with emotions. Why? Why do we get discouraged? flooded. I, I wrote that down because that sometimes happens. We get flooded, flooded emotionally, flooded mentally, flooded circumstantially, flooded with circumstances. You just get, you're tired. You're frustrated. And you're projecting that onto other people. It's because you're discouraged. You ever been there? You ever been discouraged? Think about what are you discouraged about today? What discouragement is facing you today? The word discouragement simply means to lose hope. What have you lost hope over? What negative feelings are coming into your life because you've just, you just think that that's the way it's always going to be? Luckily in Scripture, in Nehemiah, they had a calling of God. They, they were given the tools of God. They were given the people of God. They were given the resources, so much. But even the people rebuilding the wall in Nehemiah became discouraged. And we read, pick it up from last week, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 7, when Samballot, hate that guy, Tobiah, uh, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard about the repairs of Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. First of all, what's happening? Progress. The gaps are closing. Progress is being made. The walls are going up. The enemy's mad. So what does he do? Verse 8, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Then verse 9 and 10, what was their response? But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. In other words, they grabbed a sword and they had a hammer and they built and they fought. They fought and they built and they prayed to God and they were ready to fight 
But look at what number 10 says, verse 10. It says, meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. What do you do when you pray and still get discouraged? (laughs) My goodness. Because the spiritual answer is, your pastor should come up and say, if you're discouraged, pray. And the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And the spirit of encouragement will fill you. And you will rise up like an eagle. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and faint. And you will dance through your trouble. And you will dance through your problem. And you will not feel discouraged. You will be encouraged. And you will accomplish the great things God has done for your life. Amen. Right? But what do you do when you do that and you're still discouraged? Because they prayed. And they were still discouraged. Why? Because sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you get tired for the fight. You get tired of fighting. You get tired of trying. You get tired of progress. Uh, uh, tired of building. You just Sometimes you just get tired. And sometimes... You run out of strength. Is that okay to say? Why? Because we're humans. We are not supernatural. We don't have all power in in and of our own strength. And here, I just can't, when I read this, the leaders pray, Nehemiah prays, the people pray, but then the laborers lose strength. And then their discouragement changes their perspective. Notice, this is coming after they're making progress. The caps are being filled. Progress, it's not like they were trying to build and they, nothing went up. And yet, they saw the rubble instead of the progress. And they said to themselves, they could not rebuild the wall. They didn't even say, I don't think we could. They just mentally realized that they couldn't. You ever been there? Like, God, I just can't do this anymore. I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. I want to talk to people who are discouraged today. You've been in the fight, and you're losing your fight. You're losing your battle. You're losing your struggle. You're losing the passion. And you've said to God and you've said to someone else or you've said to yourself, I just can't do this anymore. You haven't been there? Maybe you're there now and that's okay. Because the people of God been there. They were in it. They were in the battle. They were in the struggle. They were in the trenches, and they were rebuilding. And just to add fuel to the fire, look at what happens in verse 11. Also, our enemy said, oh, here they go again. Here we go. Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them, and we will kill them and put an end to their work. And they just didn't say that once. The next verse says in verse 12, then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over. Wherever you turn, they will attack us. 
they were in the thicket of the battle. And I just want to tell you today that when you're in the heart of the battle, discouragement will come at you the hardest. But you can choose to face and defeat discouragement or allow discouragement to defeat you. Right? You have that power and ability to say, I'm going to allow the enemy to continue to attack me or I'm going to stand up and fight. Fight against discouragement. Fight against the onslaught of the enemy. Fight against the attack of discouragement that often happens in the battlefield of the mind. Ten times over, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Oh, my goodness. This is the end. And so, so real quick, I want to give you a few ways to how to defeat discouragement in your life. Y'all with me? Because discouragement will come. So really write these down. They're not perfect. I wish they were better, but this is the best I can do for you right now. Okay? Listen, how do you defeat discouragement? Y'all ready? Recognize that you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. First of all, you are not alone in your experience. There are many people who are discouraged with you. There are many people who are discouraged in life. We often think in discouragement that is something that we ourselves are the only one going through. But if you have ever been discouraged in your life, if you feel comfortable enough, could you just raise your hand if you've ever, raise it high, if you've ever been discouraged. Look around you. That's almost all of us. Put your hand. Thank you for being honest because that's helping somebody today. Because somebody feels like they're all alone. Somebody feels like they don't care. Somebody feels that God has forgotten them. Somebody feels like they're in this battle by themselves. And I came to tell you today, you are not alone. There have been other people that have been through what you're going through. And there are people right now who are discouraged with you. And it's okay. Sometimes your strength fails. But not only are you not alone because of someone else's experiences, you are not alone because God is with you. God is with you. And this is Joshua. As we look at the scriptures, there are great men and women of God who were discouraged. When we think of great men of God, it was Joshua. Joshua was a mighty warrior. He was a man of faith. He was one of the two spies that looked at the land and saw it with faith and believed that he could possess the land. But when it was his turn to lead, and Moses had died, guess what he started struggling with? Was discouragement. That's why God spoke to him in Joshua 1, 9. In the very first chapter of Joshua chapter 1, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be, what church? With you wherever you go. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing that God is with us? We are never alone. God is with us. He is for us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and staff, you comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
goodness and mercy. Even though I walk through this difficult time, even though I'm in this valley, even though things feel tough, even though I feel hopeless, even though I feel discouraged, I know that God is with me. That's why God tells Joshua right away, don't be discouraged. Why? Because he will experience discouragement. Remember, you are not alone. Man, I'm out of time. Getting out of time. Number two, y'all ready? Real quick, express your feelings to God. Tell him. Tell him you're mad. Tell him you're upset. Tell him you're discouraged. That's what's required if you're going to have a relationship with God to be honest and truthful with how you feel. You've got to create a space in your life to tell Jesus, talk to Jesus and tell him, Jesus, this ain't the way I planned it. This is not the way I wished it. This is not what I hope for. This is not what I pray for. You got some explaining to do, Jesus. You just need to explain all of this madness and all of I trust you. But I can tell you, <laughs> I'm discouraged. You ever been there? Is it just me? God, I'm discouraged with the doctor's report. I'm discouraged with my financial report. I'm discouraged with the progress of my marriage. I'm, I'm discouraged with my church. I'm discouraged with my job. I'm discouraged with my career. Jesus, this is just what I'm going through. Help me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'm discouraged. Talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Let him know what you're feeling. Express what's on your heart. Then, as you're talking to him, then you got to ask him for some, ask for strength. What do you do when you discourage you? You got to ask God for strength. That's what happened in Nehemiah chapter 6. I love this. So let's continue in the story. In Nehemiah 6, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work. And it will not be completed. But I prayed, <laughs> Lord, now strengthen my hands. And that's where some of y'all need to start praying. Lord, strengthen my hands. <laughs> strengthen my faith. Strengthen my heart. Strengthen my life. And give thanks when you fall into trials of various kinds. Because you know those trials are producing something in you far greater than what you can ever think or imagine. We as Americans, we're allergic to problems. We're allergic to pain. We're allergic to trials. We're allergic to work. We're allergic to things. And God is saying, it's all part of my plan. Because I'm strengthening you through the trial. I'm strengthening you through the trouble. I'm working in you my purposes. You may not understand it at the moment, but I'm with you. And I'm going to strengthen you. And Nehemiah prayed, Lord, strengthen my hands. My hands, what I put my hands to, my heart, my passion. I think of David. David was weak, and David grew tired and discouraged. And 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. 
because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But what did David do? David, sometimes you just need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you just need to pray for strength, and sometimes you just need to strengthen yourself. Strengthen myself. I'm either going to allow the, the discouragement to defeat me, or I am going to defeat the discouragement. I'm not going to let discouragement win. I love Isaiah. Isaiah got discouraged, but he said this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. And what, church? I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But then he also said to Isaiah 40, verse 31, But those who, what, church? Hope in what? The Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. Strength from God. Pray for strength. Then, a couple more, we're done. Trust God to help you. I love this. I love this. Because the reason why we run out of strength The reason why we grow weak is so that God would know that the reason why we grow tired and weak is so that we would know that whatever we're going through is going to take God. Did you hear that while the truck drove by? Right? I was like, what is that? I'm ready, Lord. It's like, this is it. This is the moment. All right. It was just a truck. But the reason why we grow weak is because when we are weak, he is strong. And in order to accomplish anything great for God, in order to rebuild anything great for God, it's going to take God, his power, and his strength. And that's what came upon the people of Israel. Because they just didn't rebuild the wall. They rebuilt it in 52 days. Look, check this out. They completed this task. The walls were broken for 140 years, and in 52 days, they rebuilt the wall, right? And when all the enemies heard about this, and all the surrounding nations were afraid, they lost the self-confidence. The devil lost the self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. How are we going to do what God has called us to do? How are we going to rebuild those broken places and spaces? How are we going to see the gaps filled? How are we going to see God rebuild our community? How are we? It's going to take the help of our God. We need God's help. I love Psalm 40, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength of always ready to help in times of trouble. And do you know that he has sent us the helper, the Holy Spirit? He's called the helper. The Holy Spirit has come to help us, especially when we're weak and discouraged. Our God would help us. Listen, God will help you. God will help you do what he's asked you to do. God will help you accomplish what he's asked you to accomplish. I believe God is going to help us rebuild 
and repair the broken places and spaces in this church. And God is going to help us. This is something that I can do on my own. I love what the Spirit of God said to Zerubbabel. He said, this is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. How is it going to get done? How is it going to get accomplished? Not by might nor by human power, but by God's spirit, says the Lord. How are you going to continue with the help of our God? How are you going to continue to walk in faith with the help of your God? How are you going to continue to make progress with God's help? God, God's help. You invite him. You say, Lord, come in. I need you. I need strength. I need your help. There's one more thing before we leave that I wanted to add. Thank you for your time. And it's this. If we were to recap, talked about um, the things we do when we're facing discouragement. I just want to recap it without messing it up. Recognize you're not alone. Express what you're feeling to God. Ask for strength, right? You're all with me? Trust God to help you. But this is this last one. I really want to encourage you to do is tell someone. Tell someone when you're discouraged. Tell someone you're discouraged. Tell a close friend, a trusted friend, a family member, someone you know that's going to pray for you, not fix you. And if someone comes to you and says, I'm discouraged, don't fix them. Okay, we don't need fixing in this church. We don't need fixing. You don't need to fix anybody. You can't even fix yourself, all right? And you try to fix people. Your life is all jacked up and you try to give advice. Don't give advice. But just tell them this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're discouraged. Just know that I'm here for you. And I'm here to pray for you. And I'll walk alongside of you. But you got to tell somebody. You can't walk through this battle. You can't face this battle alone. You got to tell somebody, I'm discouraged. Because discouragement has power. And if you don't decide to face discouragement and defeat it, discouragement will defeat you. But we all have been given power by God to face discouragement and overcome discouragement. My prayer is that we move forward in faith. We recognize the attack of discouragement. We fight through our discouragement and we complete the assignment that God has given to us. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Everybody all across the room, let's pray. Let's right now, just can you lift your hands if you feel comfortable, lift your hands to heaven. Jesus, Holy Spirit, breathe encouragement. Spirit of God, breathe encouragement upon your people. Holy Spirit of God, breathe encouragement into their loins, into their beings, into their innermost being. Let the people of God be encouraged. Let them know that is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the rebuilding work you're doing in our families, in our home, in our community. And Lord, we know you're faithful to complete that which you have started in Jesus' name. And everybody together said amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much, everyone. Have an awesome week. God bless you. We'll see you next week.